It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. That was President Trump in his last uh, official speech to a rally of his supporters, hundreds of thousands of them on January the 6th, who are now being called, uh, yeah, uh, insiders. He's an, he's an insider of a riot. That's why they're impeaching him. That's why they're trying. Uh, the Senate is hearing that today. And, of course, uh, all of those that were there are being smeared with the whole idea of uh, being insurrectionists. So uh, I wanted you to hear again, that is the, that's the, that was the last thing that President Trump said to the crowd. And yet, of course, uh, they're smearing it as though he was inciting people to go to the Capitol to do violence. And, of course, they continued that argument yesterday. I want to remind you, yesterday we talked to Mike Waller. Mike is a national security expert. That's an understatement. Uh, he's had decades of experience in other countries, and he's been uh, an observer of Antifa and of insurrection movements and of world insurrectionists. Uh, and he was there on the 6th and gave just an incredible account. He gave part of it to us yesterday, and you might want to tune in to listen to that, but his article is, I saw provocateurs at the Capitol Hill riot on January 6th, and he describes the, the different kinds of people that he saw there, but for the most part, the crowd, he said, was you know, happy but upset about what was happening, uh, but happy to be together. Families, older people, people, you know, in wheelchairs, children, uh, just a, a, a white, just a typical Trump rally, really. And, of course, what we saw that happened at the Capitol and we saw inside and we heard, you know, blank the police and burn it down didn't sound like Trump supporters. Did it sound like Trump supporters? And that I am not saying that there was not a Trump supporter in the Capitol. I believe that they were there. I believe some of them were prepared to fight. Uh, maybe Oath Keepers is uh, one group like that. I Because uh, one of the guys that's alleged, well, look, this is all allegation. He's alleged to be a leader. He worked for the FBI for a time. He has a top s secret security clearance. 
Uh, and I was reading about who Oath Keepers are. And this is the terrible no-good group that the uh, house managers are pointing out in some of these videos. So it's a paramilitary organization. It's called Oath Keepers. They are a large but loosely organized collection of militia who believe that the federal government has been co-opted by a shadowy conspiracy that is trying to strip American citizens of their rights. Though the Oath Keepers will accept anyone as members, what differentiates them from other anti-government groups is their explicit focus on recruiting current and former military, law enforcement, and first responder personnel. The organization's name alludes to the oath sworn by members of the military and police to defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. So that's who the Oath Keepers are. This is in an affidavit that's been sworn by an FBI agent who was you know, trying to, uh, it's Caldwell, I think Thomas Caldwell is uh, 65 years old, and they're accusing him of being one of the leaders and uh, planning that, you know, incursion, uh, insurrection, whatever you call. I don't know what's going to come from that, but I wanted you to know who the Oath Keepers actually are, because I wasn't sure. I had kind of a general idea. So um, President Trump, of course, is being accused of inciting all the violence that took place inside the Capitol. And Mark Meadows was on with Maria Bartiromo a couple of days ago, and he was explaining that President Trump offered to deploy 10,000 National Guard troops in D.C. ahead of January 6th. I remember this, but we, it needs to be restated. Uh, they, they, he signed off on it. It was all ready to go, but Muriel Bowser, the mayor, and we think perhaps Ms. Pelosi, uh, the Speaker of the House, might have interfered. In fact, Lindsey Graham was on television last night, and he was commenting on this with Sean Hannity. I want you to hear what he had to say, clip two. The only reason they're trying to create this bizarre storyline that Trump was in on it, along with Dan Scavino, is that we now know, after impeachment, that was done without a lawyer, without a hearing, without any witnesses, that the FBI and the Capitol Hill police actually now understand this was pre-planned. They were uh, planting bombs the night before. So the whole storyline that Donald Trump caused this by his speech has fallen apart due to good law enforcement activity. And here's what I want to know. What did Nancy Pelosi know and when did she know it? If this was widely known by the FBI and Capitol Hill Police that people were planning to come to Washington before the 6th to create violence, I want to know, did she know about that? The whole storyline originally was Trump created this from a speech. Now we know the people had this on their mind before he ever spoke, so they're playing this bizarre game of trying to get Trump in on it before January the 6th. This is why you don't want to have snap impeachments. So now we know, we know, we know, I've read this in other sources, I've told you uh, that we know that there were plans for uh, bad things to happen on January 6th, plans ahead of time. I also, we also know, but they're not talking about this part, that Antifa was asking people to come and dress like Trump supporters, wear their hats backwards. We have testimony from you, people, of this listening audience who were there who saw some of those people. Mike Waller talked about it yesterday as well. So they had plans too. Lots of people had plans to do things in the Capitol that probably, uh, well, undoubtedly, uh, 99% of the hundreds of thousands of people that came to support President Trump had no knowledge of. We also know that there were insiders within the crowd. Mike described them yesterday, and one of our listeners, Nancy, who called in earlier in the week, I hope you heard that show, uh, described these women who were on bullhorns and men who were on bullhorns. So did Mike Waller, shouting to people to come on, come on, you know, us, I, I need to be careful. So they, you know, 
Don't turn back. They were yelling at people that would turn back. Come on, closer, closer. Uh, and, and being that was just one of the tangible evidences that something was amiss. And, of course, once they got in the Capitol and you saw probably the video, maybe you did, the opening video of the manager's a case against President Trump a few days ago, and there's just stuff in there that there's stuff in there that I just don't think Trump supporters would say or do. Not not mainstream Trump supporters like blank the police uh, or bringing in weapons and beating the police. That's just um, that's strange from people that support the police. So, uh, by the way, speaking of the police, we know that President Trump called for National Guard. We also know from other reports earlier that I, I told you this probably two weeks ago that Capitol Police were calling for backup. Uh, they were begging for backup, help bring people in, and they got none. So the head of the Capitol Police resigned right after January the 6th, and now um, t- today, uh, it, it might have happened yesterday, this article was written yesterday. Capitol Police announced it will hold a vote of no confidence this week over multiple officials in its senior ranks. And uh, they're very upset. Uh, they said that uh, the enormity of the multiple leadership failures, both in leading up to the insurrection and in the department's response to it, have convinced us there was no other choice. And so it's the union that's kind of revolting against their leadership. And stay tuned for more news about that. So something. Uh, was terribly amiss. The question is, was this intentional? And who would gain by this? And why were there no protesters there, protesting Trump protesters on that day? Why were Antifa and Black Lives Matter not present, not heckling them, not doing whatever it is that they like to do? Why were they, where were they that day? Well, we know that one of them, John Sullivan, we know for a fact, was inside the Capitol. We have a video of him, uh, actually audio and video of him with a, uh, with a photographer who often works for NPR, and the photographer from NPR is laughing. They're laughing once they get inside the Capitol, and uh, the reporter from NPR, I'm not saying he's there for NPR, we don't know. It's just that he often does work with them as a photographer. He's laughing. John, you said we, we said we'd get in. You were right, and they're laughing and like high-fiving and having a good time. Yeah, so this was, um, uh, this was obviously people had in mind in, uh, an incursion into the Capitol uh, long before January 6th, and why didn't Nancy Pelosi, who's in charge of the Capitol Police, she's the one who would order uh, and re- sign off on National Guard and more backup and better pre- preparation? Why didn't she? Mike Waller described to us, and Nancy described to us, and others of you described to us that there were hardly any police there as you marched along uh, uh, Constitution Avenue, Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, there were no police. There just was no presence. And when you got to the Capitol, there were very, barely any police. Why was that? Why was that? Who did that? Who made that decision? And why would they make a decision like that? Why would they? All right, so now we're hearing more. Tucker Carlson did a great job last night. I wish I could play it, but it takes, it takes too long. Uh, but he ran down the people now that died that day. I think there were five of them, and they were, uh, they were all Trump supporters, even the policemen. That died, and of course they're claiming that uh, the policeman who's being held, you know, being honored in the Capitol, which I'm, I have no problem with that. But the problem is, it looks as though it's Brian Sicknick. Brian was a Trump supporter himself. Uh, he is. Uh, he tweeted or texted his brother after the riot was over, and basically his brother said, "How are you?" He said, "Oh, I just got pepper sprayed a few times. I'm fine." And later uh, he collapsed. But they're not releasing medical records about how he died, 
Nobody knows. Uh, but they are, they are reporting, as the public or the mainstream press reported, and the networks, that he was killed by uh, being bludgeoned by a um, fire extinguisher. And that's not true. So we have, I saw pictures of the people, Tucker provided them in his commentary. They were all, they're not really old people. They looked pretty youthful. On uh, one woman, it looks like she may have been trampled by the crowd. We don't know for sure. Uh, it's kind of a, the, um, the, the source of cause of her death. She's part of the crowd. Uh, we know that um, another guy who looked pretty youthful himself, probably in his 50s, uh, died of a heart attack. His wife said that he had, yes, he had high blood pressure, but he died of a heart attack in the crowd, and someone else had a stroke. And then, of course, Ashley Babbitt was shot. And that's mysterious, too. We don't know who shot her. We don't know the details of the investigation. Uh, they've said uh, people are he, her, um, heralding the Capitol Police official who shot her and mur killed her as she was trying to illegally uh, climb this wall to get into the—it uh, the, the, was either the Senate or the House chamber. Uh, and that, that's not a good thing. Nobody can defend that, but she was killed uh, just right there. She wasn't armed. Uh, that is unusual behavior for police because, as you know, they have a lot of restrictions on what they have to do before they actually kill someone. When you saw it on video, and so, but he's being heralded as a hero because of his actions, even though we don't know his name. And so people are really wondering about that. So I just wanted to give you information that you probably won't hear if you're watching uh, the trial as it unfolds. I also want to make a note that the videos they showed yesterday were Capitol Police and you know, very, very moving and very upsetting. But it reminded me very much of uh, videos, um, propaganda videos were perfected by the Nazis in the 30s. They did lots of videos to turn the Germans against the Jews, to show them how horrible they really were. They also did some on what they called useless eaters, people who were disabled. You, I, you, I wish you could see them. Um, they are horrific, and it was to persuade the public. That's what they perfected, Goebbels did, through their propaganda machine. I remember being in um, Vietnam and watching videos from the communists as we sat, sat in the war museum as they smirked with these edited videos showing Americans uh, in Vietnam. This is common practice by the left, and this is what happened. They manipulated the video. I'm not saying that Trump supporters did nothing, but I'm saying they were edited to make it look the worst possible for Trump supporters. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. So there's this guy, and his name is Jose, and he's healthy, he's got a happy family, he's busy running his own payroll company in Texas, goes to the doctor and gets news you never want to hear, cancer. And here's the thing, he had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jose and his wife Estrella was, is this really going to work, especially after they got hit with an $85,000 bill? That bill was paid so fast that it was amazing. We didn't have to worry. They paid right away. All his doctor visits, it was just amazing. So yes, MediShare works. And a typical family saves $500 a month when they switch to MediShare. But it's not just about the money. Just to have believers knowing that they're praying for you, you know, you it just it melted your heart. And I tell you, I, I have nothing, nothing but great things to say about Medicare. Why wait? You can call now, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray. A chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. 
She's an associate justice in her 13th year of serving on the U.S. Supreme Court. James 4.17 reminds us of the importance of justice, righteousness, and doing good work. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Justice Sotomayor as she serves on our nation's highest court. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Join us as we pray for God's guidance for the President and his administration as they begin their term. It's the 100 Days of Prayer. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Liberty University is more than just exceptional academic programs, NCAA athletics, and state-of-the-art facilities. They believe in training champions for Christ. They know that where academic excellence and unwavering faith meet, there is liberty. Explore their campus virtually and learn how you can train as a champion for Christ online or on campus by texting TODD to the number 49596. That's TODD to the number 49596. President Trump is beyond angry and sensed, according to some reports, his rage directed at the legal team handling his impeachment trial, specifically Bruce Castor. Mr. Castor's 45-minute opening remarks getting blistering reviews among conservatives. He actually praised the House impeachment managers for a job well done, suggested Biden had won the presidency fair and square, contradicting President Trump's belief the election was stolen. It makes you wonder if Mr. Castor is aware he's representing the president, not the Democrats. Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram said his performance was terrible, so bad that Senator Bill Cassidy voted to proceed with the Senate trial. Now, to be fair, the president's legal team had very little time to prepare. But that's no excuse for what happened on Tuesday. The president deserves the best legal team in the country, one that has the ferocity of Perry Mason and the southern charm of Matlock. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Emily quickly moved down the stairs. The vice president turned. They're going. I would just stop. This is the last staffer going in. One of the riders you can see, Mr. Goodman, passes Senator Mitt Romney and directs him to turn around. The Democrats trying to, to cancel the guy that 74 million Americans voted for. Uh, they've been obsessed with this. The obsession continues, so much so that they're willing to ignore the Constitution, willing to ignore due process, and frankly, willing to ignore the facts. We need to bear in mind that it was effective because this is... Okay, that was a little bit of Andy McCarthy on the end. Uh, so uh, basically, that was just a little touch. They were narrating the video, and uh, this is the, uh, you know, when they play these clips, like um, Kill Mike Pence, see, because I know that Antifa was in there and other um, agitators, I don't, I can't, honestly, I can't imagine Trump supporters yelling that. I'm sure, I know they were angry with Mike. Uh, I don't believe it's Trump supporters who put up a guillotine. And asking for Mike Pence to be hung. That just sounds, that doesn't sound like Trump supporters. It's never happened in any of the rallies prior. And yet, of course, what is happening? And it's 
If you're watching the videos, they're very powerful because that's the nature of propaganda. They would persuade you that people that support Trump are, they want sedition, they want to uh, overthrow the United States, they want to do violence. Um, and of course, there are the gray areas there because certainly in our Constitution, we have a right to overthrow bad government if it stops uh, representing the people. That's constitutional. And so, but that's something that I don't, um, that's something for a discussion for another day. But the method, uh, blank the police, really, the most vulgar things, I just, that's just not typical. I'm sorry. It's just not typical. And I don't believe it, were, it was Trump supporters. I really don't. In fact, when you, even the uh, investigations are showing that there was very little damage done to the Capitol. That would be typical of Trump supporters, leaving everything clean, picking up. In fact, Mike Waller mentioned that the Trump supporters, there were hardly any bathrooms available to them, the hundreds of thousands, contrary to usual practice in Washington when they know huge groups are coming. If you've been there, you know. They line up porta-potties. It's actually kind of funny. Uh, But there, there were hardly any bathrooms available for people. Uh, And they made it very difficult. No police. Uh, So, and then when they got there, the, um, they were being encouraged through bullhorns, pairs of people around the crowd to move forward quick, 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 quickly, quickly move forward. And as they massed forward, there was no place to go. And then the crowd kept pressing forward. It was a, I think a frightening situation. No wonder a woman died perhaps being trampled underground. A guy had, a guy has a heart attack. Someone else has a stroke. No wonder. What a what a traumatic event! Uh, no one talks about. And then to be the Capitol Police started shooting at Trump supporters, as Mike pointed out. Instead of where the trouble was at the front of the crowd, uh, where the real rowdiness was, they shot into the crowd and actually hit some people. Some people in this audience. And then the crowd was confused and uh, said, why, "Why are you doing this? We are your supporters." And so you can see the chaos that was sown. It really was textbook uh, incitement. Um, and so, um, all right, so that's, that's, I think, what happened, and that doesn't mean, again, that no Trump supporter did anything wrong. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying they were not leading the charge, they were not inciting violence, uh, and they, uh, they were not, you know, going to hang Mike Pence. That's just bizarre and uh, crazy, but that's what your friends and neighbors are being told, because the idea, of course, is to destroy your reputation so that your friends and neighbors will hate you more than they already do. Uh, and that prepares the way for whatever, you know, they have planned for us, which is going to be a hard. I can tell you, I've been very clear with you that they have really bad things in mind for all of us. And uh, they're busy, you know, going through social media. The FBI is looking for, you know, they're going to, it's starting with people on January 6th that were present, but it won't end there. Uh, Bank of America is cooperating, you know, handing over if you bank with them. They've been cooperating with the government to spot any of you that were uh, there on January 6th. And again, it's not going to stop with that, so don't think you're going to be alone in this. You're not. It's going to filter down. If they continue unabated and no one stops them, uh, this is the way it's going to continue. And it's, it's really amazing to me. It's, I, I still never cease to be amazed at how bad our leadership is in Washington, meaning conservative, so-called conservative leadership. I'm not talking about the Freedom Caucus. I'm talking about Mitch McConnell. I'm talking about Kevin McCarthy. They, they don't even know what to do. They, they, it's like they, they are so detached from reality. See, the thing of it is, I think that the incursion into the Capitol on January 6th is so personal to them. How dare they come in and, you know, we felt we were scared. Mitt Romney's like, 
you know, having a, a fainting spell over watching video of him being rushed uh, or stopped be, from going into the Senate. And he, he and the, the policeman is escorting him, and they're running. And uh, he was talking about how traumatic that was. Uh, this is about them. How We were scared. We were worried. We didn't know what was happening. And these people did this to us, you know. So that's kind of the theme because they're very narcissistic, you see. Uh, no, no thought for people who would be their voters, really, the Republicans. No thought for the masses of people who actually love this country and just wanted something to be done right, uh, who felt there was voter fraud and for good reason. By the way, Mike Lindell's uh, video is available at MikeLindell.com. It's called Absolute Truth, and you must watch it. Uh, by the, in my inbox, just before I went on the air, was a story out of uh, New Hampshire. They just did a recount in District 7 in a House race in Wyndham, and they found that every single Republican was shorted 300 votes. And that's, I'm sure it's not very big as New Hampshire, and it's one district. Every single Republican was shorted by roughly 300 votes. It's a Dominion uh, affiliated machine. They own the, the patent. It's not named Dominion. Let's see what it is. It's called uh, Dominion Voting Systems owns the intellectual property of the ACU vote machines, which are used in New Hampshire. So that's just a new story that just came into my box, just so you know. Uh, so, But they weren't allowed. Remember, in the lead-up to defending President Trump, the media and the Republican leadership all jumped on board that, oh, they must have talked about voter fraud. That's just a, you know, that's a the big lie. That's what the Democrats are calling it, the big lie that there was any voter fraud on Election Day. And so, no, we can't talk about the big lie. And so uh, they're branding it every day and every moment in this trial that that was a big lie, nothing to it, nothing to see, shut up, don't say anything about it. And certainly you attorneys better not bring that up. So one the president's team resigned because of that, because they felt they just couldn't bring that up. And then if I had gotten into it, I, I want to open the phone lines. So, uh, but, but these, the first amendment defense of the president that he has a right uh, to say, you know, you need to fight, fight for your company, country, uh, and you better fight like blank. By the way, the Democrats say that all the time. There was a montage I didn't play for you where they said that repeatedly. Same thing, same thing. They were talking about the political process. But President Trump, he was inciting violence, not the Democrats. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, so the attorneys should be arguing uh, in favor of President Trump as the president, his First Amendment rights to free speech, but they can't because they've been warned by legal scholars, 250 of them, I think, according to Alan Dershowitz, that they better not, they better not use that First Amendment defense. And so they're not going to. This is how it works in Washington. It's an amazing thing. They play to each other and um, uh, the Democrats roll them over every time and the Republicans go, oh, I'm sorry, the gentleman from, we're gentlemen and that's not the way we do things says Mitch McConnell. So you can see how they do things. It's very effective, isn't it? So that's what's happening on Capitol Hill. I want to tell you a few other things before I open the phone lines, because honestly, there are some very serious things happening. Uh, while, you know, the mirror, the fancy things are being, you know, waved at you, the trial, the, the hearing, the videos, very serious things are happening. And I want to give you an example. Yesterday, uh, our new president, our fake president, our um, illegitimate, shall I say, President Joe Biden, was speaking at the Pentagon. And um, first of all, I'm going to show you, this is the Joe Biden we saw on the campaign trail so often that concerned all of us. Let's listen to this first, clip four. 
So I know what it's like being commander-in-chief is an enormous responsibility and one that I will never take lightly or easily. Imagine the incredible love it must have taken for the proud Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen. This organization thrives and succeeds because of, our, because of our people. This is an organization that has defined American, excuse me, defeated American enemies. I will never, ever dishonest, dishonor you. I will never disrespect you. I will never politicize the work you do. He's reading from a teleprompter, and so that's, that's what happened. He did what he, he does. He has a lot of trouble when uh, he's not uh, something is something makes him more alert. Maybe some medication people have suspected. I don't know. People that have dementia can be medicated to have their their um, thinking um, sharpened for periods of time. Uh, so that's what happened yesterday. But more importantly, really more importantly than that, was his mission that he laid before the Pentagon yesterday. This is the mission. This is the mission, according to President Joe Biden, clip five. There is no aspect of our agenda, the 21st century leadership, where the women and men of the Defense Department do not have a role, whether it's helping curb the pandemic here at home and around the world, or addressing the real threats of climate change, or being part of an ongoing fight for racial justice. All right, so this is the the, the Army, the military. All of our weaponry, our planes, our sub submarines, our ships— are to be uh, fighting the pandemic here, uh, climate change, and uh, racial inequality. That's, that's their fight. That is their fight. It isn't, you know, foreign enemies. It isn't foreign enemies like uh, China, who's militarizing themselves and developing, developing a super race of men by messing with the genetics. You know that from my conversation with Gordon Chang. And they're messing with the, the DNA and genetic. They're developing a super race to fight. Uh, they're uh, busy overtaking. They're threatening Taiwan. They're, uh, they're threatening all the areas in the uh, South China Sea. They're taking over islands there. They are using the money that we've enriched them with to build up. And they, are, they have paid off. Uh, they, we found out through Mike Lindell's video that uh, on voting that the Chinese were intercepting and interfering. They were 70% of the traffic to these voting machines came from China, IP addresses in China. Uh, we know that Joe Biden and his family have enriched themselves through dealings with China. So is much of the Senate. I mean, the Republicans, they have really uh, made out really well. And so suddenly our policy towards China is different. In fact, we are welcoming the World Health Organization, the lying uh, organization supported by the Communist Chinese, supported, I mean, literally guided by, sanctioned by, uh, who chose the chief. Uh, everything they say comes out of the mouths of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, including the name of the virus. And so um, their regulations early on proved to be completely faulty and dangerous. So we know that China has had uh, a, a tremendous infiltration into this country. We've talked about it in one particular area. We talked about where the Chinese uh, inst Confucius Institutes that were uh, developed on ca college campuses and curriculum around the country. The Chinese were pouring millions and millions and millions of dollars into universities and colleges, and uh, they were using those centers to monitor their students but also to teach Chinese communist propaganda. So President Trump and his administration stopped that. You remember we talked about that. But now, here's the headline that I read yesterday. Biden administration quietly drops 
Trump proposal to track Chinese influence in U.S. schools. Oh no, we shouldn't track Chinese influence in Chinese in U.S. schools anymore. That has to stop. These are the real stories. These are the real stories. It's not the circus that's taking place on Capitol Hill, uh, and it is a circus. It's a very powerful circus. It's a it's a uh, it's a great example of uh, propaganda uh, in this hemisphere. So. I want to open the phone lines. Our phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And um, really, if you, I guess a few things, certainly anything relevant to the things that we talk about, good comments, concise, that's what we're looking for. Um, and so just think your thoughts, maybe make yourself a note or two so you know that you can uh, be concise. But I want to hear from you. I love, I love hearing from you. And we're going to do that. It's 888-589-8840. One more thing about those propaganda films. I remember also I mentioned uh, to you being in Vietnam. And, you know, Vietnam is a communist country fully now. So the communist leaders uh, control their war museum. And when you go inside, they have pictures of Jane Fonda and the former secretary of, uh, I think it was secretary of state under uh, Johnson, uh, Ramsey Clark, who was a traitor to our country along with Jane Fonda. And uh, their pictures are prominently placed, and you see a display of torture uh, devices used on our soldiers. It's very hard to take that museum. And before you go into the museum, the communist propagandist stands and tells you with smirks and smiles, especially if you're Americans, and we were Americans, uh, of the horrible things that America did and how, uh, you know, what they propagated on the Vietnamese. And uh, that's the nature of propaganda. It's untethered from truth. It may it usually have some truth to it, or it wouldn't have much power. Uh, but it persuades people, and it turns people against other people, and it creates all kinds of wickedness and evil, and that's what we have happening on Capitol Hill. Okay, to the phone lines as soon as we return. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Hello, I'm Don Hawkins, here to tell you about Encouragement Live, 55 minutes of industrial strength radio encouragement featuring resourceful guests plus practical biblical insights to help you face life's challenges. We'll be taking your phone calls, so plan to join us for Encouragement Live, Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 p.m. Eastern, here on American Family Radio. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. 
When queried by the Pharisees concerning the greatest commandment, Jesus answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He then said the second greatest commandment is, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't simply say you shall love your neighbor. He said Christ followers must love our neighbors as ourselves. Christian duty requires us to employ discernment and active empathy. We worship our Lord when we put ourselves in one another's shoes as we do life together and resolve misunderstandings. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here. According to the Constitution, impeachments are for sitting presidents, but Donald Trump is not a sitting president. You cannot remove somebody who's already gone. You cannot impeach a private citizen, which is what Donald Trump is. That's why Chief Justice John Roberts refused to preside over this farce of a trial. Although Trump is charged with the crime of incitement, his speech to supporters on January 6th did not come close to meeting the legal definition of incitement, which requires a direct exhortation to violence. But Trump's exhortation was for his supporters to make their voices heard peacefully and patriotically. You cannot impeach a former president for exercising his First Amendment right to freedom of speech. Everything is wrong about this trial, and nothing is right. The sooner it's over, the better. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. America has a problem. Its most dangerous enemy ever, the Chinese Communist Party, is using virtually every means available to destroy us, including fomenting problems in our elections and internal strife in their aftermath. Our president has a problem, too. He's contracted the Biden-China syndrome and either wants to appease the CCP or is being coerced by it to do so. Rather than simultaneously reversing all Donald Trump's efforts to counter Beijing's onslaught, however, he's undoing some and announcing the rest are under review. For example, Joe Biden's reviewing having Chinese equipment in our electric grid, letting TikTok continue to hoover up Americans' private data, and deciding whether the CCP is engaged in anti-Muslim genocide. Yesterday, he even announced a sweeping whole-of-government review of our China policy. Tragically, Biden's reviews are the equivalent of Nero's fiddling while Rome burned. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. I think the only question before the country is um, what will be done. This was a president who summoned a mob to kill his vice president. And we will rack that video and show it to you again in a moment. But whatever you think of Republicans and Democrats, the vice president of the United States' life was in danger. And in a presentation so precise and so haunting, the rioters and the insurrectionists who went there to quote them, hang Mike Pence, were alarmingly close to him. All right. So that's Nicole Wallace. This was a president who summoned a mob to kill his vice president. That's really and truly how crazy they are. They are crazy. 
as uh, what? Who said this recently? Um, oh, it was Rand Paul. What planet are you from? You're a different planet. You are from a different planet. And as long as we remember that this is insanity and they are crazy, we can remain remain sane ourselves. Okay, so that's what's happening on Capitol Hill. All right, I want that wasn't Nicole's a. MSNBC News correspondent. She's not a congresswoman, just to be clear. But that's the kind of rhetoric that they're using on Capitol Hill. Okay, to the phone lines, because I want to hear from you. 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Let's go to Greg in North Carolina. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. So what's on your mind, Greg? Hey, I saw a thing on the television on the Victory Network on the, it was shortly after the, the situation on January the 6th. Um, there's a, a headline from National Public Radio. It says, Trump supporters storm U.S. Capitol clash with police. And this was posted uh, January the 6th at 9.33 in the morning. From what I've seen on the news, none of the problems started until after 1. You know, actually, Greg, you reminded me. I've forgotten about that report. Now, isn't it ironic, I just uh, reminded myself, as I told you earlier on the show, that John Sullivan was with a photographer who often, often, we don't know what he was doing there that day on January 6th inside the Capitol, breaking in with John Sullivan, uh, but he often works for NPR, so we don't know if he was working for NPR that day. A lot of these guys are freelance journalists, but isn't that interesting that he was there, you know, to take pictures I mean, obviously they knew they were, they were there on the spot and uh, some of the first to get in. So that's very interesting, Greg, and it's another thing that should be remembered as we assess all of these events. Thank you. Let's go to um, uh, let's go to Tom in is it Rhode Island? Yes. Hi. Good morning. Hey, Tom. How's it up there in Rhode Island? Oh, uh, cold. We're down ten degrees. I think I haven't been outside yet. <laughs> You know, I have a very good friend, Bill Blunt, uh, the Blunt family. He owns a series oh, of yes, uh, radio stations. Family. It, yes, yeah. yes. Well, Bill's a good friend of mine. So that, I, you know, I don't often get people from Rhode Island, so I've just had to say. And since it's such a small state, I figured you know Bill Blunt. But uh, anyway. Yes. So, Tom, well, what's on your mind? Smallest, well, we won't be the smallest state soon if they bring uh, D.C. in, because I think it's 20 times smaller than Rhode Island. Oh, there you go. So there's hope. You can be, you know, larger yeah. than something. <laughs> yeah. My question is, and I may be mistaken on this, but I believe that Article 1, Section 6 of the Constitution, and I think it's Clause 1, the Speech and Debate Clause, says that senators cannot be questioned on anything they say on the Senate floor or held liable, which is, I believe, how, uh, what's his name, Reed uh, was able to claim that Romney had not paid taxes in 10 years and get away with it because they can't be held responsible for anything they say. Am I correct in this? And is this part of why they can say all this stuff in the impeachment and get away with it without any, uh, you know, uh, documentation that they're what they're saying is anything beyond emotion? Well, Tom, I'd have to... I. My constitution is like too far away for me to get up from the mic or I would look at it quickly. But I think you're right. I do remember that myself. I think it's true in the Senate. You cannot, they're not, you know, that you cannot sue sitting senators for hardly anything. Uh, They can't be criminally charged. I don't know if the same thing applies to the House. Uh, But you are absolutely right. There are protections for them. Uh, There's impunity uh, from from criminality and also from speech. And the other thing I want to mention, because you give me an excuse to do that, 
is there is a house rule, and they do follow their rules. Oh, well, they used to. Uh, the House has a rule that uh, they are uh, House members are not allowed to present videos that have been edited. Uh, they have to pre- appear the way they are. And so even in presenting these videos, the managers are breaking their own rules. I know that won't shock you, uh, but it is absolutely true. So, Tom, I don't know. I, I th- we just need to look in the Constitution, but I believe that you're right about that. So thanks for bringing that to our attention, and we can, we can look into that. Thank you, Tom. It's great. Are you listening by app, or what, how are you listening? Well, on the app on my uh, iPhone or my iPad. Or yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I'm in. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'll have to talk to uh, my friend Bill Blunt about that. No, I, I do know that, and that's why I'm asking you. you no, know, we had, I uh, think, just a few months ago, something like 350,000 people that are listening by app. Uh, but we, I don't hear, it's just interesting to me to hear where they're from. So I'm really happy to hear from you, Tom. Thanks for listening. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to Susan in Kentucky. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. So what's okay. on your mind? Okay, my comment is, um, if you go back and look at the original tape of how the proceedings uh, continued after the riot on the 6th, okay, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, and there was others after Chuck, they had the whole incident integrated in their notes. If you'll notice, they are referring to their notes as they talk about the riot. And I just can't believe that if they're really surprised about what happened, that they would have it in their notes. Well, that's a very good point. Yeah, no, no, that's Yeah, no, that's a very good comment and observation, Susan. It's just one more, one more sign that we, that we think, yes, this was preplanned, as the FBI has made known, but not by the way they're reporting it. I believe, listen, I don't see how you can escape, look, at least on the police alone. We know that Nancy Pelosi was the decider for the Capitol Police. She, that's her authority. And so why didn't they have National Guard? Why didn't they allow the Capitol Police to have backup? They didn't allow it. And so that's why the Capitol Police are so upset, because they were left really holding the bag unprepared. That's one thing that Nancy said when she called in on, I think, Tuesday. Uh, she was talking about um, how the police seemed so disorganized and unprepared, because they were. Because they were, and this is all, why would they do that? If they're so frightened for their safety, like AOC is going on and on about how scared she was, and Nancy Pelosi's beefing up her security because she was so frightened, this seems like theater to me. And that's what they do very well, and I believe that's exactly what they are doing, Susan. Uh, thanks for that observation. Thank you. Let's go to, um, let's go to Mike in Indiana. Good morning, Mike. Hi. Um, so, what's on your mind, I, Mike? I think most of the theatrics going on right now is keeping everybody busy while they take their uh, caterpillars and try to bury as much of the actual truth of the uh, voter fraud, all the uh, internet junk you mentioned from like uh, China, Iran, Frankfurt. All that stuff, well, and some of the local outfits are recounting the votes. Well, like you mentioned, every Republican lost 300 votes. 
Yes, in a district in, in New Hampshire. Yeah. That, I think, I think the ruse is going to collapse and we'll actually get our true president back. And they're really scared about that. Well, so, let me, uh, let me just, yeah, let me just, uh, Mike, I'm going to let you go and I'll respond to that. Thank you so much. It's nice to hear from you. Uh, I want to, I know there are still people saying that President Trump will be back. Mike just said that because I know people are saying that. There are people promising that, uh, that he's going to be reinstated. I, I, I just don't think that's true. And I really don't think, I don't like false hope. My, our, hope our hope has to be based on reality. I just don't think that's reality. Um, and I don't think there's a, a troop of, you know, military people that are, you know, banding together to come in Donald Trump's defense or that he's got all these chess moves planned out and he's got it all figured out and he's going to march in. That's, I just don't believe that's true and I don't want you believing. Look, it's, the truth is that we have been overtaken for the, for the moment. In the political arena, the left has won everything. And they're also about to pass a bill that's going to per- make permanent their status. I think in the interim, they are scared to death. That's why they want to impeach President Trump and stop him from ever, ever running again. Uh, but of course, if he runs again and they pass H.R. 1, it will be dominion, mail-in balloting, no signatures all over again. I don't. He could never prevail if he did run again, if they pass H.R. 1, and they're going to. They're going to use reconciliation. It will only take 51 senators. But I'm just, I just want you to have a realistic view of what's happening here. All right, so, um, all right, let me go on to, um, let's go to Jimmy in Texas. Good morning, Jimmy. Cindy, you are a national treasure. You're the best news reporter that I know of anywhere. A quick comment before I ask my question. It is time that the church wake up and start praying fervently, continually, perpetually, quit watching trash and lust and ungodliness on television and DVDs and the Internet. Stop listening to ungodly music. Get into fervent, regular prayer. My question, Sandy, is this. What do we do if Biden and company start removing people like you and other true conservatives off of the air? Well, Jimmy, first of all, thank you for that uh, exhortation, because I'm with you 100%. You know, there's nothing God can't do through a holy people. Uh, he just pours his power out. I was just, we were revisiting, um, oh, Samuel's conversation with the unrighteous Saul. When Saul had disobeyed God so thoroughly, in so many ways, as you know, uh, taking things into his own hands, visiting uh, fortune tellers, and begin to lie. And Samuel just rebuked him. And Samuel's rebuke was powerful, because Samuel was a righteous man, and God's power was all over him. And that is really, that is what the left fears. And I have to say that Christians are the only, the only, the only people in this country that can push back on this. We are the only ones because we have a faith in an almighty, righteous God. We know what we believe. We are not persuaded by the left and their lies. Uh, Those that really know the word and really know God and love him. We may differ on some little things, but basically we get it. 
And we are impassioned. We're the ones that serve in the military. We're the ones that go out in the streets and try to get good people uh, elected. We're the ones that fight for life in the, at the abortion clinics. We're the, ones that, we're the ones with the passion who are willing to sacrifice and give our own money. And so I want you to be encouraged in the sense that, exhorted like Jimmy just exhorted, to confess and ask God, even if you feel there's something in your life that is so powerful and means so much to you that you just don't think you can give it up even though you know it's wrong, do this. Ask God to make you willing to be willing. Start there. Ask God to make you willing to be willing to get rid of that thing in your life, and then watch God unleash his power on his people, on you and on his people. All right, I want to go to, uh, quickly if we can, uh, uh, to Bill in West Virginia. Good morning, Bill. Hello? Hello, Bill. Quickly if you can. (laughs) Hey, I I, I was just going to call me on something there. Can you hear me very good? Not very, but we can hear you. I got a lot of I got a lot of noise around me here, but I, I told the guy that asked me what I wanted to talk about. I I've looked at President Trump as being a hunter, and I'm talking about somebody hunts in the woods, and he has jumped into the middle of a swamp that is full of alligators. Bill, 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 I'm so sorry. It's very hard to understand what you're saying. And um, I hear your passion, though, and God bless you. I know West Virginia has just taken a real hit uh, in the coal mines and uh, to your industries. And we, we need to pray for the people of West Virginia because they really are going to be hit by all of this energy decisions, deadly things by this administration. We've had some great shows this week, and I hope you go back and listen to them and catch up as we work through this all together. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.